What is happening? Uh, welcome back to another fantastically stupendous episode of That Tattoo Show. I'm very excited for this one, actually. We are a podcast. Uh, we're on YouTube, obviously, if you're watching us. Um, if you're listening to us, we're on one of the many streaming platforms. I am one of your hosts, Chris, and this is... Paul, hello, how are you doing? Room. We're in the same fucking room again. Here we are in the same room again. What are we talking about this week, Mike? I don't know, but it doesn't feel weird. Like you don't know what we're talking about. You know exactly what we're talking about. Do you know what we're talking about? We talk about... Well, was in the first yeah. of the edits. What <laughs> no. we're talking about, as you've seen from the thumbnail, is that counterfeits and clones are killing the tattoo industry. And yeah. it's your fault. It's my fault. It's Chris's fault. And it's their fault as well. We did make this episode uh, last year. There were a number of problems with the episode. We've, uh, we think we know what they are, so we're going to give it another go. Uh, and we are going to tread carefully around certain subjects. Yet speak the truth. Yet speak the truth, because we think it's something that you, I think you need to understand, that you need to ask yeah. yourself some ethical questions. What we're trying to do is convince you that um, behaving in a more ethical manner with some of your stuff uh, is much more important. And it's not only important to you, your career, but it's also important to the industry itself. Yeah. There are a number of bad actors in our industry who are only here to make money from us and they don't really care about the industry itself. And I would rather that they all, well, quite honestly, f Before we do that, uh, so that I can put a kind of disclaimer on the front of this, there are some <laughs> things that we are not saying that I want to be really clear about. Let me just adjust my microphone slightly. Some stuff that we're not talking about and what we're not saying. We are not saying that a product made in a certain country or a certain part of the world is necessarily instantly of a lower or inferior quality to a product made anywhere else in the world. So just because something's made in the East versus the West or vice versa doesn't necessarily mean it's superior or inferior we're also not saying that something that is cheap or cost-effective is necessarily substandard. Price doesn't always guarantee quality. So just because something's a bit cheaper than another product doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad. It's just more cost-effective. So before you get down in the comments going, oh, I've got a cheap tattoo machine and it's perfectly okay, we accept that. Some, You know, you can buy loads of machines that don't cost a fortune and you can buy them from anywhere in the world. We're not rubbishing one side of the world or one area of the world, one set of people. However, some cultural differences do impact manufacture and working standards. Some working standards around the world are much more stringent and much higher than in other places, and that does impact your purchasing decision. Okay, with all the legal shit out of the way so that we can't get ourselves into more trouble, yeah. uh, we can get on with it. Oh. Do you know the difference between a counterfeit and a clone, mate? A counterfeit and a clone. No, enlighten, okay, so, enlighten me, Paul. So, enlighten me. Enlighten me, Paul. A counterfeit product is a product that pretends to be another product and is not that. So a counterfeit product would, in the world of counterfeits, if you go out and buy yourself a pair of fake Yeezys, they are counterfeit, yeah. right? Because they're pretending to be Yeezys, right? Yeah. That it's, so it's something that is taking intellectual property, which we will refer to as an IP for the rest of this episode. Yep. So yeah, intellectual property. If you make something like you make a tattoo, 
That is, and you design it, that is your intellectual property. If you go onto my Instagram, download one of the pictures and trace it, that is not your intellectual property. If you then turn around and say, I am Paul Talbot and this is my artwork, you fucking counterfeit, right? It's my intellectual property, right? Yeah. So if you are a major manufacturer and you bring out a machine and two days later there is a fake one, in the box with the, all the packaging, you know, this is exactly the same as the fashion world, right? Where you can get a product, for instance, I was looking the other day just out of interest because it does seem to get counterfeited a lot. And I was surprised to find that I could buy an FK Irons Flux in the FK Irons packaging from Alibaba oh, yeah. for 30 quid. And yeah. it's in the box. Like the whole thing has been stolen lock stock the, the lot, yeah. right? The, the packaging, the look of it, everything. One of the things that goes about as a accepted wisdom is that these brands, they make all of this stuff in a factory four days a week and on the fifth day of the week, the same people make the counterfeits, right? Yeah. Do you know what? Interestingly, and just to touch on that, like I, I, I'm not going to mention your name, so I do know somebody that is a machine builder and they were having products, their products were made in China and I messaged him, I said, look, dude, like, you know, you've got like counterfeit versions of your stuff on, on Amazon. Yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, I know. I've got an agreement with the factory that they can only sell them in Asia. Yeah. So he like, it's, it's, it is, yeah. So this kind of stuff does go on. There are certain fashion brands out there that openly, uh, you know, in the same place, they will make the real stuff three days a week, four days a week. And on the fifth day of the week as part of the deal, uh, some changes are made and it's made by the same people with the same stuff and it's a counterfeit product. Yeah. Um, now, that might be okay if you want, you know, a, a fake fashion T-shirt and you might go, well, they're made in the same factory. Um, but as you may or may not know, when it comes to technology or anything with that in, if you buy, you know, a fake version of one of these which, you know, which are made in China. I'm not down on China. So they have a lot of copyright problems, which is why we will we'll talk about them a little bit. Um, the actual technology that's in that device is not the same. No. Right? So you don't get an iPhone, you get a phone with an iPhone case around it, yeah. right? You know, with its completely different software. It's not like fashion technology. Um, you know, a, a white T-shirt that costs £500 might be made in the same factory as the same white T-shirt that costs £5. You don't see that as much with technology. What tends to happen is it has the appearance of the product and it looks exactly like the very desirable high-end product that you want, but the internals of it are completely different and absolute garbage. So if I bring out a counterfeit product... I don't have to worry about marketing it. No. I don't have to worry about advertising it, telling people about it, because the actual company that brought the real thing out have done all the work for me, yeah. and I'm just piggybacking off of it and profiteering from all of the work a company has done on something that they own. I'm stealing from so them. So then, essentially, in, uh, in the in the world of tattooing, a clone would be somebody taking a tattoo machine that looks like an FKI's machine, yep. banging their own logo on it and saying that it's their own. No, that's a counterfeit. Right. Yeah, that's a counterfeit so, device. So, so I just wanted to clarify that yeah. doing that is... Doing that is, is illegal. Yeah. It's against the law. Uh, it's a counterfeit I do, device. I, do, yeah. I just wanted to clarify. You're, um, <laughs> what, you, what you're doing is you're piggybacking on all of the work that that company yeah. has done to uh, deliberately mislead people in, as to what they're buying and making them believe that this product is as good when you're absolutely not. 
Now, a clone is a slightly different thing. So a great example of a clone in the world of tattooing would be uh, a a needle cartridge. Cheyenne, or MT Derm, the company that owns Cheyenne, developed the needle cartridge and all the fittings and the way it works and the membrane and everything. They patented, patented that cartridge uh, they own the copyright and the intellectual property. A but bit it, like some guitars, like you can f- like Fender own the Fender Stratocaster. So when you buy something that looks exactly like a Fender Stratocaster, same shape and everything, it will not be referred to as a Fender Strat or a Strat. It will be called an S-shaped guitar, which Fender will tolerate. Yeah. Right? So... Uh, for the longest time, Cheyenne were the only people that made the cartridges and then they became so popular that loads of brands started making them. Cheyenne initially, you know, defended their their intellectual yeah. property. And I don't know for certain, but I would imagine that in the end it became far too problematic. So now you've got people making cartridges to the same specification well, as that's Cheyenne. Well, they're not fully to the same specification because if you look at... Well, they're the same shape. Similar similar shape, but if you look at some of the other brands, they there are certain brands out there. I think um, Vertex, the FKN's yep. needles, the needles that Rob from Electra made. Yep. And I'm pretty sure that I was told, I'm not sure, so don't quote me on this one, but I did hear that the Da Vinci cartridges, they, they, the... Officially licensed. So yep. if you look at some of them, they'll have a holographic sticker and it says officially licensed. It's got a patent number on there. Yep. And if you check that, it's owned by MT Doom. Yeah. So those companies have- Are doing it legit. Yeah, they're yeah, officially they're, licensing. They're paying. Because but then, realistically, the, the bit that we're interested in, obviously, because so many grips have been made to accept- Well, that's what I was about to say. Is, so that little back bit is the bit they need to, they need to replicate so that it fits in all the grips. But do you think though that like, I think what what what's happened there is they've just created something that's been standardised? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So I, I, I mean, like, all credit to Cheyenne and MT Derm; they've created a standard for like, the tattoo industry, and yeah, it's very difficult to continually defend that when no, every every single right. tattooist in the world wants to wants to use them, and nobody wants to buy needles on bars anymore. So it, it gets to the point where you have to go, okay, yeah. Like now, I would prefer to see all of the needles that use the Cheyenne cartridge system made under licence from Cheyenne because I think well, you should pay the developers because the money that those licences pay... It's a double-edged sword, don't it? Because it's like if you want to make something that's standardised, like say, for example, you know, you are Cheyenne and you make the machines that have those fittings, people might not like your needles, yeah. but you still want them to be able to use the machine. machines. Because, like, you know, I've seen other machines that have tried their own completely different... Uh, needle cartridge setup, and yeah. you can't use them with any other machine. So, it, and it kind of they flop to a degree. And we, you know, we do want standards in the industry, and so have something that like that that's standardised. Um, you know, I think is is great, but I do think that that these things should be made under a license because what well, I yeah. think it does that 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 small amount of licensing money that comes back into Cheyenne is what will pay for the development of future. You know, yeah. you think about the world before it, it, the cartridge, right? Think about the world post the cartridge. Oh, now, Cheyenne did needle. that off their own back and developed it. I hate the idea that because everybody's kind of just borrowed it, really, 
that they might not have the finances now to develop what could come next. I mean, you, yeah. you know, do you know what I mean? It stifles. But then it, it stifles the forward movement. It's that double-edged thing again. It's like they they will and they won't. They, well, let's say not getting the licensing fees, more people will buy the machines. Like, and a, a perfect another good example of this is, you know, we done the talk giveaway. You know, if you look at that machine, you've yeah. got the magnetic connector with the the critical V three battery. Yeah, and I I. I used I think I spoke to a few of the people at Critical and I was just like, you know, what I think would be awesome is if machine companies took that magnetic kind of attachment and that becomes standardized, just like, you know, the way the share. You know, the only thing I don't like about that machine, because I've I've used one, I used a four mil one, um, the first few tattoos back and I really like, I'm going to buy one, but they do a 3.5 or 3.5. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to get that one because I prefer a shorter stroke. Um, Look forward to a a, a whole uh, episode all about needle hangs and needle strokes and why you should be using three and a half mil. And we can have a long chat about that, but not this week. The only thing that I don't like, I wish, I hope they'll do it with a firmware update or something to the battery. I wish I could turn the green light off in the middle uh, of the machine. When you put too some need for speed, man. Put some fucking black tape I'm over gonna it. I'm going to have to put black yeah. tape over it, but, or I'm probably just going to open it up and just cut the, cut cut the leads to the LED but, and switch it off. Sorry, guys, but it's just <laughs> driving me mad. The, the reason why I touched on, on that is like, if you look at Numa. No, they've got a new machine out. A new Numa. A new Numa. Uh, <laughs> but if you look at what they've done, is they've adopted that magnetic connector yeah. and the new, new, the new, the new, new Numa. The new, new Numa <laughs> that they brought out utilizes the V3 critical yeah. battery. And like, you know, when I've gone through testing machines, regardless of whether or not they're made in China or if they're made in, in America or they're made in Europe, I feel like you've got companies that specialize in making machines have delved into making power supplies. And then you have issues where batteries run out quickly and so yeah. on. And I think like that standardization where you've got a company, let the fucking, let, let the machine builders make the machines yeah. and the power supply builders make the power supplies and just, you know, it do it like the way you saw us be. For the benefit of these guys, why shouldn't you use counterfeit products? Well, it all comes down to safety really, doesn't it? Like, you know, you, if you no, buy- No, actually it doesn't. It comes down to a lot more than well, safety. For me, in in a day to day tattooing, it comes up to safety. Like yeah. if I'm if I'm doing a tattoo on somebody, you know, I want to make sure that the machine that I'm using meets certain kind of like regulations, yeah. and it's not you know it's had all the testing done to make sure it doesn't blow over my hand. Yep. Yeah. You know, if you want to go down the other avenue, what we discussed earlier on, which I'm sure we're going to go into now. We are in the museum of counterfeits when you can find examples of goods that are subject to counterfeiting fake medicines, fake sanitizers, fake ball bearings. Batteries that might melt into your appliance, contact lenses that might have to be surgically removed from your eye. There is lots of costly technology behind these products. All this safety-related aspect, they are costly. Counterfeiters say, I'm going to use it to the cheapest components that I can. I'm going to sell it for 20% of the price. Think of all these goods that can be potentially dangerous, like cosmetics. We've seen how dangerous it is. Some areas of the skin were burned off. This is the real thing. Here's the knockoff version. Turns out, oh, of course, this is a device that looks like a Ferrero product. It's not a Ferrero product. Caught the bed on fire that they were charging it on. And it was like, wow, that's absolutely shocking to me. 
all of a sudden, I'm online every day looking at eBay and Amazon and Alibaba and Wish.com, and I'm looking going, oh my gosh, there are hundreds, thousands of listings of fake product. You're just constantly making sure these counterfeiters are not harming you and, more importantly, your customers. Technology leads to complex globalized supply chains and also introduce opportunities for criminals to infiltrate these production channels. China is a huge center for illicit trade for a number of reasons. Because it does produce so many legitimate goods and useful goods, there are so many factories that are able to produce these in a quick and easy and straightforward manner. Any mode of transport employed in legal trade is also employed in illicit trade. It is impossible to open every single shipment, every single container. Counterfeiting is a big problem for every economy. 3.3% of world trade was comprised of counterfeit goods, and that amounts to more than $500 billion. That it's not only about the scale of the problem, but also about its damaging effects. And I'm not only talking about health and safety risks. I'm also talking about financing criminal networks, about corruption that can be driven by illicit trade, poor working conditions in factories that produce counterfeit goods. Today we're going down to Jewry Street, Manchester, to arrest individuals who's been involved in the selling of counterfeit goods. Judge, you've got the cars on there, I've got two inside. I've got two inside. We're selling distribution of counterfeit items. I was surprised the amount of money this criminality generates is significant. Something we should be focusing on, and I'm quite passionate about it, because they make a lot of money. Where does that money go? Is that going into this country? Is that paying tax? Is it going back to the government? Is it helping improve our economy? No, it's not. Counterfeiting is one activity that organized criminal networks are using to fund their operations so that they can continue the money laundering, they can continue their human smuggling and human trafficking activity. So for example, in 2015, there was a shooting at the Charlie Hebdo's office in France. Authorities found that one of the two brothers who were involved in the shooting was involved in selling counterfeit products, counterfeit apparel, and counterfeit shoes right before the shooting happened. The profit from the counterfeit products were being used to fund their activities and to fund their weapons. This is exactly the problem. Counterfeiting is part of the illicit networks. Right? So there is no exact correlation. I catch counterfeiter, haha, he's or she is a terrorist. No. But all these crimes stay in the shadow, and you don't know where the money goes. Right. 3.3% of the world's GDP, and all of that money is going to organized crime. You're saying, well, but Paul, I wanted to save. 50 quid on my tattoo machine. We know, because the, you know, the, it's, it's common knowledge now, that the Charlie Hebdo attack in France a few years ago was funded by selling counterfeit goods. That's how clear it is. You buy counterfeit goods, you are funding terror and all kinds of black market, organised crime, dodgy dealings. The other thing that I would say to you is the kind of people that will buy tattoo machines for £9, because go on AliExpress and have a look at how yeah. much these people are buying this stuff for, that will buy these products for £9, mark them up to £600 and £700. That's the bit pounds, that fucks me off. Fuck. Right? 
and then tell you that they're the good guy because they're saving you £500 on the real thing, right? Now, that machine might blow up in your hands. It might not work for more than a, a month. It's probably made about as well as the fake Rolexes that you buy on holiday for a quid off the bloke yeah. on the beach. Um, and also, they are a part of a problem in this industry where... Everybody would love to think that they're big corporate companies and they're all the good guys and all that sort of stuff. But these are dodgy market traders selling tattoo machines out the back of a car on a motorway service station telling you all kinds of bullshit. And no I don't websites. know about you, whenever I've bought products from the third lamppost from the end in a, on, on a, a, a trading estate somewhere or a motorway services, I ain't been buying anything legit. So you've Do got to ask yourself that question. Do you want to be the poster boy for that? The thing is with that as well, it's like, you know, it, you've got people that are doing it. You know, you've got uh, people selling, and there's quite a few, I've discovered there's a, quite a few people that are buying AliExpress machines, putting them, setting up like multiple, you know, Instagram accounts that are private. You know, this isn't aimed at anyone specifically because there are quite a few people that are doing it. And they're selling these machines, saying that they're this and they're that. But the problem, and, the, and this is my big problem with it, is... The, the problem that you have with that is as a consumer, you're not, who the fuck are you buying it from? You, you've got no warranty because the company doesn't exist. They're not on company's house. No. Do you know what I mean? There's no actual website. There's no fixed address. Yeah. You are literally buying something from Dodgy Dave. And if, you know, and I hope it doesn't happen, but if you're tattooing on that fucking battery blows up because it's being made by Dodgy Dave and sold by Dodgy Dave, you know, not only could it fuck your hand up, you know, it could damage your client. Yep. And like I said earlier on, you end up in court, you get sued. Let's be honest, best case scenario, you get a really pretty product that's a piece of shit that doesn't work. That's yeah. basically how it works, right? We, do- all, we all know how this goes. You get yourself a fake T-shirt that's got a fancy brand on it, two washes later, it goes straight in the bin because the stitching all came yeah. apart and it was all that. Same with the trainers, they're made out of garbage. And it's, it's just not worth it to you because you think you're saving a few quid. I'm not so down on the machines, if I'm honest, because they're not going to potentially not hurt anybody but you. Um, You're going to be a few hundred quid out of pocket when you find out that what you've basically bought is something with a, you know, like a shit motor in it that won't drive a needle and you've got to go out and buy the real thing. You you have to buy, but no, but this is the thing as well. Like we, you know, we've, we've had this discussion multiple times. No, we filmed it another time already. We have have filmed it already. But like a, a perfect example is, you know, you buy these shit knockoff machines and everyone's like, oh yeah, it's exactly the same as the fucking real thing. It's like, number one, it fucking ain't. It ain't. It just ain't. It, it, it ain't. But number two, right, even if it feels like it is, it is not going to have the same quality and it's not going to last. So like a perfect example would be, I had an Injector Flight V2 off Paul probably like nine years ago. Yeah. And I haven't used it for six years. I dug it out the other day or the other month and it fucking works perfectly. Yeah. Exactly like it was the day that I had it. You know, you're talking about a machine that is fucking years old and it still works fine. Half these counterfeit machines, they they, they, they won't even last a year. No, because they're not, they're not made by people who care about the product that they're making, right? Is like All they care about is the money and the people that are selling them are only there for profit. The example that I would use is that going out and buying a cheap knockoff tattoo machine is the same as going into a, a tattoo studio, getting a sleeve for a hundred quid, spending three grand having it removed only to have a proper sleeve put on. Yeah. 
you may as well, if you can't get up to the money of some of the premium tattoo machines, which, by the way, I don't agree with the price. I think the price is ridiculous but on tattoo machines. But the price is part of the it's problem. It's part of the R&D, right? The, no, no. Well, like, it, is a, it is a product of it, isn't it? It's like, the, you, know, you look at, like, let's just say, like me and Paul develop a tattoo machine. Hypothetically, it costs us £250,000 just to develop the machine. Then we have to put it out for testing, promotion. So we've got to give that machine to, away to like X amount of people. Now, before we've even fucking made a profit, that machine has cost us, let's just say, four to 500,000 pounds, right? As soon as that machine is released, Dodgy Dave has fucking made a, made a copy yep. and they are selling it on fucking AliExpress. Yeah. Or other dodgy anyone else websites in the world, are available. You know, yeah. um, and then you've got other people then that are taking that dodgy copy, making their own version. So you've got multiple avenues of people that are selling counterfeit versions of your machine, which means you're losing money. You're yeah. losing money off your investment that you put into it. And that is one what of the reasons them, why you have to then put your price. So you may have wanted to come out and go, well, I'll make this machine and I want to release this machine and sell it for like 400 quid. Yeah. Because I think that's what a fair price is for a tiny yeah. machine. But because of all these fucking knobheads, yeah. you've got to now sell that machine for you imagine when you come When you, you come to bring it out, you expect to sell 9,000 of them, right? But if you go, well, we could have sold 9,000 of them, but we're only going to sell 2,000 of them because the other 7,000 are going to be sold as knockoffs. Yeah. So we have to allow for the fact that at least 50% of our income is going to disappear. These people will always do this and they will move on to what the next thing that they can, you know, steal you know, from. But in order to get them to move on and basically leave our industry as as, as, as bad actors and go somewhere else, we have to stop supporting that yeah. and going, well, I don't care who I hurt. I don't care who dies in my name. What child gets... Uh, handcuffed to a sewing machine so that I can wear fast fashion. We have to start standing up and being ethical human beings and going, I will support the industry. And if I can't afford a £1,500 tattoo machine, I'll buy a £200 tattoo machine from a reputable brand. Yeah. You can buy a machine that I did my entire early part of my portfolio with, I used for a full 10 years. You can pick them up, the Cheyenne Spirit and the Cheyenne Thunder. Yeah. Oh, what, a couple of hundred quid? Yeah. Rotary works in this country. Two hundred pound. Those machines are running, and they're fucking bulletproof. And, they, like and they're it. bulletproof. And like, it, you know, if, if there's no, nothing wrong with them at all. There's and there's builders all not around the world. As well. that, that's the, and not that's faceless, the thing. Yeah. So the, the, the other side to that as well is like the what we run the risk of the, the, the risk of doing is losing these companies. Now, if people are continuing to buy and support all of these counterfeit companies, yep. yep. The, the 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 companies that are pushing the boundaries, making really fucking good, high-quality equipment, yep. they're, they're going to end up going out of business. At the risk of sounding like an old-school tattooist, do you remember back in the day? During the war. During the war. Which one? Because you fucking loads, yeah. haven't it? <laughs> it was Crimean War was when I started. So not that long ago, right, before this was big business, when tattooing was still, you know, tattoo shops opened at three yeah. in the afternoon and were over, a, over the top of, a, you know, like a takeaway or something like that. You used to buy your tattoo machines from a tattooist who built them <clears throat> yeah. in his shed. Or Mickey Sharps. Or Mickey Sharps, who built them in a big shed, right? So you used to buy your tattoo machines from tattoo machine builders who were also tattooists. You used to buy your ink from tattooists who mixed their ink yeah. in their own place. And that was what this industry was built on. 
Now, as this industry has become the billion, multi-billion dollar industry that it is, it becomes prone, because we're still a small industry. We're still yeah. mom and pop, right? And we are, um, we're lambs to the slaughter when it comes to the bad actors, right? That turn up and go, oh, there's money to be made here. Yeah. They don't care. They're not tattooists, you know, and if they are, they're fucking shit tattooists who need to get out of the industry. Well, that, see, that's the thing as well. That's one thing I've noticed, right? It's like, there's a lot of... There's a lot of people that are preying on the tattoo industry where they have decided to start tattooing. They've realised they ain't that fucking good at it, but they still want to stay in it. And they're trying to think like, how can I make money? There was somebody at Tattoo Jam years ago, right? And they were selling the, the these fucking dragonfly machines. And I was just standing there going like, I was like, they're just fucking copies, isn't they, of uh, of the of the dragonfly? Yeah. And he was like ignoring me for ages, and I was like, they copies. And he's like, after about twenty minutes of me just standing there going like, they copies, isn't they? He's like, yeah. yeah. And he, you know, he's buying these shit, this shit from similar. It's, it's unscrupulous behaviour. That's what it is. And you, like, you've got to ask yourself the question: If these people are prepared to do that, what do they really care about? No, they, they care about care. profit. They don't really care about anything else. The more time I spend in the industry and the older that I get, the more I realise that there's, um, when the industry was industry owned, industry run, by tattooists, for tattooists, there's a, that is a big deal. It makes yeah. sense. Um, but what would appear now to be happening is you've got a load of people coming in that have got no interest in the longevity of the industry. This is just the industry that they're ripping off this decade and they'll move on but there are to ripping people, off someone else in, in the next decade. In, in, in their defence, there are people that have been in the industry for years that are doing just as bad and have been doing that same thing. And I think that's what's led to, I don't want to say over-regulation, but... Yeah. That is what's led to the tattoo industry being more well, regulated. See, this is another point though, right? Over-regulation is something that we all worry about, right? Now, we have to fucking worry though, because the, people make got a, fucking shit. If there's an influx of all these sketchy products that are not safe, it's only a matter of time before somebody gets seriously yeah. hurt, right? But see, and, no, this and is then, the thing. And what happens then though, is somebody fucking dies, right? And everybody blames tattooing. And then the governments come in around the world and go, right, you lot are now all got to be pharmacists and you've got to have all these qualifications. Well, and they tried enough, to in France, fun, they pushed not, it out. Fun, funnily enough, this is one of the reasons, nobody died, uh, but one of the reasons why they tightened up the regulations in Wales and why we've got to pay like fucking, you know, like I think it's like, it's going to work out like 1500 a year for licensing fees for the shop now. It's because somebody in Newport made a grey wash using tap water, uh, caused somebody to have a bacterial infection. There you go. Someone else caused somebody to have HIV. And then I think another person through body piercing caused somebody to have, uh, need to have facial reconstructive surgery. Yeah. Now, as an industry that everybody goes on, oh, we need to self-regulate. We need. It's like, we can't. We could not organise a piss up in a fucking brewery. See, I agree that we? we need to self-regulate. But, but we part, couldn't though. But part of self Yeah, but years. part of self-regulating... He's taking a personal stand and yeah. going, I don't agree with this, so I'm not getting involved. It's not good enough to turn around and go, well, everyone else is doing it, so I'm going to do it as well. What you've got to do is go, I'm going to make this decision for me and my soul and be yeah. better. And if we all did that, it's easier. Now, the thing is, is where the problem starts, right? There's a global downturn in the economy. Everybody's broke. We're all trying to look to save some money. And it's understandable. You're trying to get into the industry and, you know, products have, have, have gone up during the pandemic. They've stayed up. You know, one of my questions is why are gloves 
still 10 and 15 pound a box. You've got to ask yourself that question. If your supplier is selling gloves that I can buy for £3.50, if you're buying them for £10, don't, don't buy them from that supplier. Because eventually they'll put those prices down. You know, when you know that in the wholesale industry, you you should really only see about 30% markup if you're lucky. And if you're online, it should be between 6, 6% and 16%. If I know that I can buy wholesale a box of gloves for £3.50, why are they 10 and £12 from suppliers? So I look for suppliers that supply them to me at the, the regular markup. Because I've got no problem with people making money. I've got a problem with people profiteering and price gouging, which is what they do in post-pandemic with a lot of products. Yeah. They just... They're going on the fact that we haven't looked and we've got used to paying it. Well, I no, no. I said this in an old, old episode. I said, you fucking mark, no, yeah, you you mark, said, mark my words. Do you know what's you fucking know, money? 15 quid a box and there's still 15 quid a fucking box. Do we, we, we done our taxes the other day, right? Do you know how much money we spend a year on fucking plenty? I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't. It's, it's sad. Fucking, we spend over five thousand well, pounds a year on fucking like, Do you remember when plenty was like two rolls for a quid, and now it's nine pound for four rolls? And like, yeah. how does that work? Because they fucking know we're buying it, isn't it? I'm surprised they haven't slapped tattoo on it and fucking charged like a ten or a pack. There you go. See, so oh no, it is. Know, it's fucking you, like nine quid a pack, isn't it? Fuck me. Yeah, so you got fifteen a, quid a pack. Yeah, again. So you got to start looking for yourself at the stuff and save money. Uh, look at saving money. What I do, because I'm in the same boat as everybody else. I've got a studio and I've got to buy supplies and everything. I don't want the supplies to put me, put me out of business and bankrupt me, but there are some places where I can't cut corners, right? So, for instance, as I've told you a bunch of times on the show, uh, you know, if this is your first time here, you won't have heard this. I use a £300 tattoo setup, you know what I mean? Which is absolutely fine. I actually use... Uh, it's not a knockoff because no one else makes it anywhere else. I actually use a battery grip that does does come out of China, and it's fucking well, it's really good. It, it works really good. It's you know yeah. I've checked them and they're safe. So there like, are good like I was companies. saying, we're not saying that all these products that come from certain countries and certain cultures are bad because there are good products that come out of these places. But instead of spending two thousand pounds, fifteen hundred quid, on, and, and stick around long enough, there'll be two grand next year. Where I will not save money. Where will you inks? Is there? Because that's going in someone else's body. So, uh, and this is where, unfortunately, it will seem like I'm I'm down on a particular country, and I'm not. Uh, it's just that, unfortunately, culturally, there are some problems. There are some problems with copyright and um, uh, standards. Th- those two products, the ink and the needle, they go in the co- they go in the clients. They go into that into another human being. And that makes me responsible for that person's health. It's, and that's serious. Oh, yeah, There's totally. no fucking around with that. Now, we know that, you know, some co- cosmetic products that come out of certain countries are proven to have rat shit and, yeah. and, and stuff in them. All kind, they cause all kinds of skin irritations and problems. And there are counterfeit inks on the market. Yeah. Um, so I buy direct from the people who make it. I have it from direct from them. Uh, I know that it's not counterfeit. I know that it's legit. I buy the best ink that I can. It's probably not the cheapest. It's certainly not the most expensive, but it's not the cheapest because those two products, I can't prove in the tattoo studio that that ink has been gamma sterilized. I've got no way of proving to myself. Well, no, that but that's the good thing about it. So, so like, for example, um, if, you, if, you, if you look at Eternal Ink, they are certified sterile. But what I'm saying Other is- Other brands aren't. You've, like with anything like that, they are certified sterile, but do I do I trust Eternal 
to be actually sterile? And the answer is yes, I do trust them. Do I trust other brands to definitely be sterile? The answer is no. And so I don't buy them. Now you have to make your own choices based on how you feel. For me, you know, eternal is the way to go uh, because they've been around, you know, certainly been around all the time that I've been tattooing. They're a yeah. massive brand. Um, and they, because of that, they have a lot to lose if they get it wrong and they don't get it wrong, right? The fact that they haven't made a reaching tells you, tells volumes that they're spending their time getting yeah. it spot on. The other one is the needles. And so for me personally, um, the only needles that I now buy are the black box Cheyenne needles because they're made in Germany. So they're made in Berlin. They're, they're manufactured to UK and European they, standards. CE and, and UK CA, CA certified because the company MT Doom is a, a, a yeah. medical. They, they're classified as a, a medical uh, medical grade facility or manufacturing facility. And so you might be asking yourself, well, why don't you use any one of the other brands? And that's because a good friend of mine who's not sitting too far away from me told me a story about trying to get the correct certificates <laughs> from uh, from a cheaper or more cost-effective brand. So you you may as well fill them with that. What happened when you were, you asked for CE and Can I tell the full story? CA? You can tell the full story. We might have to bleep the All actual right. manufacturer's well, no, name. So, yeah, I got sent uh, a load of stuff from a company called... Uh, they sponsor loads of people at the minute. I, I know fair play to them. Their marketing is fucking on point. Yeah. They are everywhere. Now I looked at them and they were okay. Uh, the well-presented needles, they looked really nice, you know, um, but obviously doing due diligence, I contacted them and I was just like, look, you know, getting ready to film the review. And I just want to double check that you've got the SDS sheets and the CE certification and things like that. So I can let, our viewers know that's you. Yeah, that the this product is safe. Um, they come back and sent me a screenshot of a certificate, right, where they'd redacted information. So they took number one, they took out the company. Redacted name. means they crossed it out so you can't yeah. read it. Which under UK law is fucking illegal. Like, yep. And, and so, like, that's the kind of stuff that really kind of like get now, makes me distrust it. Right, that doesn't mean that these needles are oh, they could be not sterile or that there's any problem with them, but it means that the company haven't done necess haven't maybe done the necessary steps to make these products legal for sale in the in the European Union and the UK. Now, if they're not legal for sale here, then they shouldn't be on sale here yeah. until the company jump through all the hoops that empty derm have to do to make their medical device needles because it's costly. The reason that those cost X amount per box, I don't know how much they cost a box off the top of my head. The reason they're more expensive is that part of the cost is the legislation around what they're doing because they're, they're yeah. fitting in with the regulations. Yeah. So but by do not doing it, it calls to me, I don't know about you, mate, but to me, right, it just calls into question... If I can't prove, like if I take a needle out of a blister pack, you don't know right? if you're sterile. I don't, and no, I can't yeah. check. There's no way of me checking. Yeah. So, but this is the, this is the fucked up thing, right? It's like if you again, if, if we go back to the regulations in Wales, right? We have been told that we need to be able to trace our products back to the source of manufacture. So, a perfect example is Dermalize. It says on there that they are made by Chin Med out in China. Mm. 
Chin Med make Doom lies, they make Sani Doom, and they make a whole load of other films. So the whole argument of is Doom lies better than Sani Doom is bullshit because made by the same person. This is Chinese Jeff, not Dave, because Jeff is tidy. Dave's another story. Yeah, do- dodgy Dave, <laughs> jazzy Jeff. Like, <laughs> but it, no, but we need to be able to trace our products. And yeah. if I'm going to a company and saying like, "Hi guys, uh, can you let me know if this yeah. product they're hiding their company name now? Yeah. Are they doing it because?" and this is a hypothetical, yeah. are they hiding their name because this one company makes fucking and all the other yeah. fucking brands, right? And they don't want us to know. Yeah. Or are they hiding their name because they aren't meeting the regulations and the guidelines? And I think like, if it keeps going this way and things keep happening where you've got like, you, you can't prove that the needles are going to be safe. It's going to come into regulation that we will have to use specific needles yeah. that meet these requirements. So and the other side, sorry to no. interrupt you. Yeah, I'm interrupting you actually. The other thing, right? And this is a future prediction, right? I reckon if it keeps going the way it's going with the regulations and with people selling counterfeit machines and, 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 and that aren't certified, we're going to end up having, when we go to tattoo conventions, you're going to end up having like health inspectors and people like that coming around going, what machine are you using? Yep. It does that have a CE certification yep. mark on it. It doesn't, you need to stop using that machine. Immediately. We all got to draw our line, right? We all got to draw our line in the sand, what makes sense for us, right? Um, for me personally, anything, uh, the where I draw that line is anything that goes in the client's skin um, has got to be right. It's got to be legit and it's, because if it ain't legit, it's shit, right? Yeah. So it's got to be legit. I won't use anything that I can't I trace. I think it's all got to be fucking legit, to be honest. Eventually, it's I all going to have to be legit. It, but some, what I'm saying is, some people will be absolutely hardcore about this. I'm probably more anything. hardcore about this than a lot of people. But it's because I think we have, we as an, as an industry and as individual artists, we have a responsibility primarily to our clients to make sure that they are safe. Yeah. Beyond that, we got to keep our businesses open. So if you can save a few quid here and there and nobody's getting hurt, you know, I never think about where my ink caps are coming from, for instance, or my shot glasses. That, you know, that by it, a five-year-old in it might be just It might be just <laughs> as bad, you know, you know. But, like, I won't, I won't buy counterfeit tattoo machines. I won't buy um, I won't buy dodgy machines off some some bloke who sells them out the back of the booze. Yeah, oh, do you want to buy a tattoo machine? I just I think that kind of behaviour. I don't want to do business with them kind of people. And quite honestly, I can't suggest that you don't do business with those people because that would be illegal. But all I can tell you is that I don't for my well, for yeah, my yeah. own sense of who I am. I would rather buy a less fashionable tattoo machine from a legit builder. Well, I was about to say then, if they're not legit, they don't have a legitimate company, yeah. then you can say what you want because they can't come at you legally because they don't, <laughs> they don't, they don't have me. a fucking company. Yeah, you can't sue me. So, you know, I trust, <laughs> sue me. I trust a bunch of brands, um, you know, and you, this is your personal choice. Just because I use Eternal and Cheyenne for my reasons, you might use Fusion or, well, no, but you know, this is the argument, any one of the, the brands out there, but, you know, I, I tend to look at it and go, if these are the bigger companies, they've got a lot more to lose by fucking it up, right? So yeah. they've got more to lose, so they're more likely to have to do it properly. They're under yeah. a lot more scrutiny, particularly with somebody like MT Derm, you know, medical industry. So they've they've got a lot on top of them. And the German laws are the tightest in Europe that I know of, which is actually 
makes me very comfortable because if they got through German law, then they'll be okay for yeah. UK law, right? But do you know, like, that's where I always say to people, like, make sure you buy in your stuff from, you know, a reputable fucking yeah. supplier. So like, if you buy in something from a UK supply company, yeah. realistically, they should be able to provide you with all the fucking info you need. There is that, that level of, of trust. Like I, 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 and just from my experience, like doing reviews and asking companies, like the amount of companies that are all like, yo bro, yeah, yeah. review my machine. And then, Every single company, like recently, that have you know been selling machines that I would say are AliExpress jobs yep. or maybe rebranded stuff that's made by legitimate companies. Um, when you know, about by by legit, I mean like you know you've got companies like Dragonhawk, yeah, and Easy that are uh, manufacturers out in China and they make stuff for a lot of people in the UK and the US. They yep. are one of the two of the legitimate companies out and a lot there. What they make is really good. Yeah, really good. Yeah. And but then you've got people then that are basically getting them to yep. make stuff for them. And then when I'm asking them for certification, SCS sheets, silence. Yeah, exactly. Don't fucking hear a thing. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, the, the bigger companies, as they get bigger, and even now, they are guilty of a lot of bad shit. They, they're guilty of definitely of price gouging. I would, I would imagine that there's a bit of price fixing going on. Uh, which is illegal and they should stop immediately. But one of the things that they do do is they bring the right brands to market. Yeah. They don't tend, some of them do, which annoys me where they, you know, they'll sell, you know, cheap brands that are going to, you know, that are not good enough. Uh, and and that worries me, stuff that isn't CE and CA marked with, you know, and, and but for the most part, their core products are, are quality. Uh, and I think... This gives you an idea of the, the the problem across the industry is that to maintain competitiveness, they're kind of all, in, in some respects, on lower levels, all as bad as each other. Yeah. And it's like in a, you know, a, a forest full of thieves, who do you trust, right? And it's very difficult. And so you will have to find yourself going about and cherry picking from the, the various people and trying to avoid the bad actors in the industry and do not think, support them. I, I think it's a case of sticking with brands that have been around the longest yeah, that sure. can prove, let's say that the machines and the inks and everything that they're making is safe. Cause I genuinely think it's going to get to a point yeah. where we have to go, okay, uh, Mr. Health Inspector or Mrs. Health Inspector, yeah. or, you know, yeah, this is the machine that I use. It's bought from this company. Uh, this is the company that manufacture yeah. it. Like we are going to have to be able to prove that because it is going to get to that point. So as a channel, if you're a new brand and you're bringing a product to market, because I don't want to be telling everybody if it's new, it's going to be crap, right? Mm. What I would tell you, if you're a new brand and you're making a, a new product, a new tattoo machine or a new aftercare or a new this or a new that, right? Then... Be transparent. Make sure you've got your, your CE, your CA, if you need that, if you're going to be selling here. You know, make sure that you've got SDS sheets. You know, be transparent yeah, and make sure that, it, that all those questions that can be asked of you will do. And you as a tattooist should be looking at the products you've got and anything where you don't have that information, you like you should be going to these companies and going, I need this information because if there's ever a problem, even now, like forget new legislation, you know, if there's a problem in your tattoo studio, people are going to want these SDS sheets. They're going to want to know that this stuff is legit. Make sure your stuff is because you're going to be the person carrying the can if there's a problem, right? Yeah. They're all making a, a ton of money. You think you're saving a bit of money and making a bit more profit. You should see the profit they're making.
I'm just going to check my notes to make sure we've ranted about everything we wanted to rant about. No, I think I would just, I would just argue that, you know, not argue. I would just say that if you are somebody that's going to look at the products you're going to buy and you want to save some money, just always be vigilant and mindful that safety first, like danger Aaron from Jackass, isn't it? Safety yeah. first. Safety first. Make, just make sure like that stuff is traceable and that you know that the stuff you're getting is going to be legitimately good. If it seems dodgy, it probably is. Yeah. If, no. <laughs> if you have to buy it from a fucking private Facebook page or something, it's no, probably It's probably dodgy. Legit. I personally don't want to fund terrorism around the world. And I would imagine that neither do you. Let's not be the poster boys for that. Draw your line where you need to draw it. We're all in different places, but you need to make your choices. Yeah. If we behave ethical, ethically... They won't make money and they'll fuck off somewhere else and sell fake trainers to terrorists instead of fake tattoo machines, right? So let's, um, we all have to draw that line and we, we've all got to start getting legit. And it's not okay to go, um, I can't afford it. It's like, you can, you have to buy stuff that's not as fashionable. You know, it, it, tattooing is not fashion. Just buy a good machine right? off Just a Just buy good, a good yeah. machine off a reputable builder, buy good ink and good needles. The rest of your tattoo shit you can get from the pharmacy, man. I mean, come on, it's like, it's rubber gloves and cling film. It ain't that well, hard. I was about to say that. It's like a lot of stuff for tattooing, like, you know, it's all medical based products. So yeah. rather than going to, if you want to, if you do want to save some money, rather than going to a tattoo supply company to buy your medical stuff, go to a medical supply company. Yeah. You, you'll get, get it cheaper. Because that's you where know? they fucking get it from. Just do that, you know, go cut, cut out the middleman wherever you can. Yeah. And so with that, this has been counterfeits and clones wrecking the industry and it's your fault and hopefully you'll make some changes and it won't be your fault anymore and none of us will be the poster boys for modern slavery, child slave labour and terrorism and we can do something legit. We can get rid of some of the bad actors from our industry and once we got rid of them, we can start working on some of the other bad actors in the industry. Yes. This has been That Tattoo Show. I've been Paul. And I've been Chris. Tell the, the lawyer, chair. tell the judge, tell the priest, tell the lawyer again that we need to start suing some of these motherfuckers and get them <laughs> out of our way. Uh, this has been... Our yeah. ranty and um oh yeah well if you've seen I couldn't this have fucking kept going there's loads more I want to say like well you can carry on uh, after we finish recording because we'll probably have to record this again when it gets taken down once again every time it gets taken down we will live stream it yeah we'll just live stream it members yeah. only and don't forget keeps, we've got memberships yeah, <laughs> and if it fucking keeps getting taken down what we will do is we will go and fucking do a UK tour right where we will do it in person and we will mention all the fucking names as well so with that it's all left for me to say is I hope this has been food for thought at the very least um, I don't want to make you feel like you're a scumbag or anything like that but just draw your line in the sand operate yeah. with as much integrity as you can it ain't easy being us sometimes you know we yeah. just gotta do the best we can don't get anybody sick don't hurt anybody we'll see you next time take care guys right. apart from the ones I still can't fit ones go fuck yeah, yourself yeah you can fuck off <laughs> <laughs>